Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout-out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, We've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, His wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon ah march 2020 looks like there's a pandemic that hits america this is bad otis real bad do you know why why is that boss because the world's running out of kleenex i eat kleenex lots of it wait a second boss run that by me one more time i thought you said to me you eat Kleenex. It's a nervous habit, okay? Here's... Uh, I gotta eat... Oh. Uh, much better. I'm really weirded out right now. Doesn't matter. Otis, you should go to Walmart, get as much Kleenex and toilet paper as possible. Otherwise, I'm gonna starve, Otis. You realize that? I'm surprised a man of your stature chooses Walmart. I thought that you would choose Target. Otis, that may be so, but we're gonna need as much money as possible to be saved up. Save more, pay less, or whatever Walmart's slogan is. I I get you. I never took you to be one who really cared about this. (laughs) Well, I guess all Kleenex are made equal, I guess. Um, So, uh... The most delicious ones are from the Kleenex brand, by the way. Do not get me any of that cheap, you know, great value brand that they sell over there. I want the gourmet shit. Gourmet Kleenex, got it. And basically just buy all of them and not care about who gets any more after that. That is the Luthor way. Got it, boss. So I'm going to get 5,000 Kleenex boxes for you to... How many of these things you eat a day? I eat three boxes. Three boxes a day, man. Yes. Got it, boss. Cut to Otis has now returned from Walmart. All right, I got it, boss. 4,000 wet wipe boxes. Wet wipes. Otis, I told you to get Kleenex. I can't eat these wet wipes. They've got the sauce already on them. I can't eat that. That stuff will kill me. Do you want me dead, Otis? No. Why do you say it that way? Wet wipes, Kleenex, Mr. Luthor. Who gives a fuck? That's what I get for hiring on Craigslist.
Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Superhero Stuff You Should Know in our five-part coverage, it looks like, of the Superman <laughs> 78 movie. That wasn't even a joke. It is going to be five parts. This you is asked for it. <laughs> you got it. You asked for uh, Superman Deep Dive. So this is uh, this is Ben, and I'm here with Andrew. The deepest dive you can get, y'all, <laughs> at the Ben Cave, a.k.a. the Bat Bunga Bunga Lounge. I did say that this is like the most important superhero movie of all time yeah and this is coming from you a bat fan yes because of the fact that without this we wouldn't have batman 89 or batman begins or any the entire marvel cinematic universe really yeah it all starts here and also what kevin feige said something to Mm -hmm. uh, who Zack snyder or somebody somebody at dc was like I don't know how it happened. It was like, hey, how do we make a good movie? And then Kevin Feige was like, look back to your own movie, <laughs> Superman 78. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, honestly, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> to tell that to them. It's a paraphrasing, I think, but it was along those lines. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, we're going to dive into, if you haven't checked out the first two parts, part one was about the making of the movie, all the insane stories that led up to the development of it, and part two it was... It ends after 90 minutes <laughs> at the opening credits of the movie. <laughs> And then part two is the opening credits of the movie that take us into Krypton, Smallville, and then finally Metropolis, and that's where we ended off. So we're going to actually dive into some Superman scenes here. Are okay. you excited? We did do Krypton before. Yes, we did. We yeah, did. part two. Yeah. Uh, and the last we saw, Superman is, well, now Superman in the Fortress of Solitude, and is right. flown towards the camera, and we cut to Metropolis. This is when he says, Father... <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about at all? I think that's in the second one. Father? Okay. So the way he says that line yeah, is funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were supposed to get a, an original intro to Clark Kent here where the... Uh, oh, yeah. Andrew is in the Superman script. If you can see it at He's all, I'll Superman try to fix shirt. it in the video. But I, I know Superman's about having color and bright and all that. Mm. But I like to wear black shirts. <laughs> and I got a black on black Superman shirt. Plus, I don't like to stand out that much. But, yes, I'm throwing my support. Make it silver. You know, like yeah, the, the silver. I'm sure the black suit's going to be like that. That's true. Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, anyway, we were supposed to be introduced to the adult Clark Kent, uh, you know, pre-getting a job at the Daily Planet. Right. Where he's on his way to the Daily Planet, and he's crossing the street, and he gets hit by a taxi. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Clark would say, you know, I'm sorry, I wasn't looking or whatever. And the driver would look and see there's like a Clark man-made form indentation in yeah. the front yeah. and stuff as he keeps walking. Yeah. Uh, I think they just cut it because they're like, that's a little too much. Or something. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know if I remember this scene. It's not in it. It's not in it. Okay, it's, yeah. I was yeah, like, what? Okay. It's not in any of the versions. No, no, no. This. It's in the script. Oh, it's, it's in the script. script. Okay. It's just in the script. And this is from what script again? It's, it's from all of them. All it's in of them all have of them. This. It's okay. just not in the movie. All in any the version none of the movie. Of the movie. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, this is actually somewhat similar to Dean Cain's intro as Clark Kent in <laughs> Lois and Clark. The Lois and Clark Highland. there is, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Where he stops a runaway bus by speeding in front of it and putting his hand up on top of the bus. Okay. And uh, when he leaves, there's like an imprint of his hand left on the bus. Now, let me ask you something real quick. Yeah. In this scene with Dean Cain or any other incarnation, right. does somebody use the word dick splash? there's only been one incarnation of dick splash and i think we know what that is okay that's the first man of steel bash i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry some people are tuning in just for that stuff dick splash yeah you know what we're talking about i feel like that's that's a goyer thing more than a snyder thing yeah i still kept it into the movie though i know i know 
Oh, wow. So uh, when we get to the Daily Planet, we're introduced to Perry White and the Benton Newman script is, and we're, we're going to run into this a few times, they have okay. these long-ass paragraphs. We, we encountered this with Superman, where yeah. they had, like, three pages worth of description for Superman, which was really just him <laughs> stepping outside. Stepping into frame. <laughs> <laughs> into the focus mark. That's uh, it. But here is their description of Perry White. And a so. twinkly smile. Yes. Somewhere beneath all that bark and gruffness is this nice guy who loves his grandchildren, but his employees don't get to see much of that side of them. Lois, however, can kid him all she wants, and he gives it to her right back. All this friendly animosity, however, is just their way of liking and respecting each other. The man, the legend, Perry motherfucking White. There's no motherfucking as the middle name, in case anybody <laughs> wanted to know if they wrote that in the script. Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> well, it actually was originally supposed to be an actor named Keenan Wynn in this movie he was originally cast as perry white he arrives in london and he has a heart attack okay so they're like we need somebody immediately and they end up wait the real guy had a heart attack the real guy had the heart attack the real actor he got the audition and everything he got everything he shows up and then he gets a heart attack and they're like holy shit for the sake of your health we gotta recast what does this guy look like uh, looks like Perry White. He, he, yeah, he looks like Perry White. But they got someone else who was also. I mean, really, you just a need less a, surly J. Jonah Jameson. We need a gruff American man to play Perry White. That's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, so they call around, and one actor who just happened to pick up the phone was Jackie Cooper, who's the guy who plays him in the movie. Happened to be available, and they flew him out over to London. Funny this, thing is, Lawrence Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> had this role, but he had to do Apocalypse Now, so. <laughs> <laughs> he was having more, more he, was, he was going crazy in the desert <laughs> not the desert the jungle he's like oh, I'll pick it I'll, I'll get that role in 2013 yeah it's fine I'm I'll wait till the reboot good old Larry Fishburne's <laughs> playing the long game <laughs> uh, now he's fucking got a, got a lot of goddamn pigeons all over him in fucking John Wick oh yeah I forgot about that yeah he's uh, playing homeless looking Homeless Morpheus. Homeless Morpheus. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so this is actually kind of parallel to how Vicki Vale was cast in uh, Batman 89. It was originally Sean Young, and then she fell off a horse, broke her arm before shooting any role of film. Any she had frame a Superman curse. She wasn't even a Superman movie. It wasn't even, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she fell off the horse. I mean, at least she wasn't paralyzed from that. But That is true. Uh, she basically had to get recast because of the injury, and they called around for different actresses who were... It was less than about who's the best actress and more about who's the best actress available. I know this is about the Batman show movie, up and fly but she, over to London. they were like rolling and shooting scenes without her, and then she breaks. Right. She's the, like, they've done they, all the auditions together. Yeah. read probably all the lines There were table together. reads, yeah. Table reads White. and shit. Young, yeah. And then it just, boom, last minute, she yeah. falls out. It's yeah. just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it sucks for her. It really yeah, does. Yeah, it does. Which is why she went crazy and dressed up in a Catwoman outfit to show up on the, on the studio to try to get Catwoman for the next one. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, Jackie Cooper did not have to dress up as Catwoman uh, and to get a role into this movie. He ended up just getting it because he was available on Superman okay. 78. So, okay. that's how Perry White was cast in this. Okay. Uh, we then are introduced to Christopher Reeves as Clark Kent. And I have to say that... Uh, one of the models for the version of Clark Kent that we wanted to do was based off of a Cary Grant performance oh, in okay. a movie called Bringing Up Baby. Okay. Um, and he basically made him, I think, here's what's interesting. is If you read the comics in like the Golden Age and Silver Age, 
Clark is like sure he's supposed to be more shy than Superman. Yeah. But I feel like the movie exaggerates it further. It's the most right out of probably I would say, most of the iterations of the comics. He's like more bumbling and shit. I I don't even think he's bumbling. I think he's just not. He's supposed to just be average right, as, yeah. as Clark. But I don't remember reading comics where he's knocking stuff over or not able to open yeah. the open. He tries to open the bottle and like the 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 uh, carbonation goes spills all over yeah. the place. Like that's not really in the comics that I can find. I feel like that's kind right. of something that they added into this and became part of the cultural lexicon. Like, oh, that's who Clark Kent is. Uh, let's see. The Daily Planet was shot at the New York News Building in uh, New York City. So if you well, see, so sorry to put a pin in that real quick. The Cary Grant thing. Yeah, that's that was a call made by Chris Reeve. Yeah, they, that's who he based his. Clark Kent performance on. So he's sitting in his nice Soho apartment <laughs> watching a 16 <laughs> millimeter baby, yeah. pre-VHS in 78. You know, he's got his own very nice mm. projector screen. <laughs> and we, don't, we don't know. We're just watching Cary Grant so films with yeah. the ladies. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, he was 6'3". I assume that he... 6'4". Four. 6'4". Four. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I don't think he was hurting probably. <laughs> probably not. Let's probably. just put it that way. Probably not like Clark Kent. Yeah. Uh, so the the New York news building in real life does have that globe in the lobby, okay. which I always thought I was like, oh, they made the the Daily Planet planet more realistic by putting it in yeah. the lobby. But no, that's actually in the real building. Oh shit! Okay, so that was cool. Uh, it's outside where Clark is walking with Lois that uh, they end up getting mugged oh, in yeah. the movie. However, in the original Benton Newman script, and this is where we'll get into how Benton Newman script is, gets more and more ridiculous. As the divergence. The, the, well, a lot of the divergences are coming up here. <laughs> okay, here we go. Where the Benton Newman script it has basically the same story beats, but they're more expensive set pieces, just one after the other. So instead, He was shooting for the moon. They were, yeah, they Salt were. kinds were promising him <laughs> everything, and he took the bait. <laughs> so, and again, I don't, I'm going off of the script that is credited to Puzo, Benton, and Newman. I don't know how much of this was originally in the Puzo draft. Okay. So for now, for the time being, I'm just going to say it's Benton New- Newton. Uh, Benton Newman. Sorry. Two dudes. Uh, two dudes and uh, Newman's wife, Leslie. Oh, she did a pass or she uh, was yeah. a major contributor? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So all that's three cool. of them. That's cool. Plus Mario Puzo. So that's four writers yeah, total yeah. so far on this script. Tom Ankowitz has not touched it touched it yet. Not yet. Uh, so okay. here it's actually an elaborate sequence where they pass by and the, there's a liquor store robbery. And the cops oh, yeah. show up and the liquor store robbers are like, oh, shit, it's the cops. So they take Clark and Lois hostage. Oh, shit. And uh, they're like, tell your boyfriend tell your boyfriend not to do anything stupid. And Lois is like, he can't even open a coffee jar. Don't worry about him. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and they get caught, they get caught in the middle of a shootout because the cop apparently is trigger happy. Okay. In 1978. It already and, reminds me of the, it's so meta, but the Jerry Siegel's dad or, mm, yeah, you probably know, his liquor store thing. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't, it might've been a general store, but mm. it was a store. It was something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no one apparently notices in the shootouts that, that bullets are bouncing off Clark. Oh, uh, shit. During this whole time. And one cop nearly, he's like aiming at the criminal who's got Lois hostage. And he's, yeah. the bullet is coming towards Lois. So Clark sticks his hand out and catches the bullet in front of her. Uh, before she can see it, though. Before she can it's see it. Too fast it. for yeah. the human yeah. eye. Yeah. 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 But that's the way more elaborate version of the same beat, which was Clark saving Lois as Clark. Right. Superman. Right, right, right. Uh, right now. And then it was afterwards that she gets her purse snatched by a purse snatcher. <laughs> She's just getting robbed left and right. This metropolis is like Gotham. <laughs> it, 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 also, New York was dangerous as hell yeah, at this time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's supposed this is, to be metropolis. This is the time. Scorsese's 70s are going on right now. Remember that. True, true. And, and metropolis, of course, 
influence uh, Toronto influenced it actually. New York, maybe some Chicago, mm-hmm. but I've I've read that like um, Metropolis is New York during the day, and Gotham is New York at mm-hmm. night. Yeah, that's the that was in some wiki page I read, but I thought yeah, that's pretty cool. They don't really explore why he goes to Metropolis specifically. Yeah, uh, in the movie or the script at all, but it does make sense that it would be a crime-ridden city. That he's like, okay, this is where I probably would be needed the most. That and probably it just has it's a. Only there's only a few areas where you can make money as a reporter. I mean, even then, that's it's true. Not, I mean, you could work for your local paper, I guess. But he was he was going for the big leagues, right? And again, they don't really explore why reporter, like why journalist stuff in this specific. Not movie. for that, but, but it's, you think it's in the DNA, though. Yeah, yeah, it's in the DNA. Yeah. Uh, so a person snatcher takes Lois's purse, and Lois is like, "Clark, go after her." And Clark's like, "Whoa, he might have a gun." <laughs> <laughs> so Lois is like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." But she tries to run after him, and okay. the, the guy's already far away. Okay. Uh, so all Minkowitz did was combine these into a mugger scene that is way less expensive. One actor, one bullet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's it's way cheaper and gets the same point across. It's it's not bad. It's yeah. a decent scene. It's a Plus, decent scene. This was scene new, if, really new at this time for the yeah. most part. I mean, yeah. I guess it could have been something similar in George Reeves stuff and all mm-hmm. that. But God, in the theater though, it was pretty new, probably. Yeah. Uh, it's the Benton Newman draft where we find out that this purse snatcher is Otis, the henchman of Lex Luthor, who oh, I guess okay. is a purse snatcher and, and pickpocket on the side. Okay. And he goes into the Plaza Hotel into uh, the bathroom, and there's an out-of-order stall. And so he sneaks into the out-of-order stall, and he flushes the toilet, and the toilet sort of becomes an elevator that takes him down to Lex's headquarters. <laughs> so <laughs> Thematically, he's a <laughs> shitty guy. <laughs> Uh, like what? <laughs> I guess. I mean, they're not really bearing. I think you're. I think you're uh, pretty much reading S- into it. But yeah, subtlety <laughs> is not something. Uh, part is not really part of comics. So, right. uh, so that's in the Benton Newman draft. Mankiewicz revises this where the cops, if you remember in the movie, the cops see Otis and like, oh, he could lead us to Lex Luthor, and they fall oh, into yeah. the train station where one of them uh, gets caught and dies. Okay. Uh, in the process. Yeah. Uh, fun story is that the cop who survives is actually a Steve Kahan, Dick Donner's cousin. The oh, director's shit. cousin is playing the other cop, and he would later on play uh, the captain to Mel Gibson and Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. Okay. Which was also directed by Richard Donner, of course. Right, right. So right. Uh, that's an interesting tidbit. Uh, we first hear Lex in the movie with the line, It's amazing that brain can generate enough power to keep those legs moving. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Otis, uh, and that is all Tom Mankiewicz. Oh, really? There, okay. Yeah. That's that's a Tom Mankiewicz line. That's interesting. That is not in the Benton Newman strip at all. Right, right. Uh, Mankiewicz has completely Mankiewicz has a completely different version of Lex than what you're going to find in the Benton Newman okay. strip. Uh, but Hackman, funny enough, surprised Tom Mankiewicz once, where Tom Mankiewicz was at a hotel, he was filling out forms and stuff, and then he heard a voice behind him saying, "It's amazing that brain can generate enough power to keep that pen moving." Oh and shit! And he turns around and it's Gene Hackman. Oh <laughs> so, wow! Uh, little Hollywood. A uh, little friendly tidbits there, yes. y'all. Uh, Hollywood tidbits. I did bring up that the Lex Luthor in the Benton Newman script, the original script, was very different from the one that we got in the movie and the one who Tom Mankiewicz wrote and the one played by Gene Hackman. So I'm going to have Andrew read the five-page introduction to Lex Luthor. <laughs> five pages. It's not five pages, <laughs> but it feels like it. He's a bald. Guy. <laughs> well, he's wearing a toupee. Uh, where we meet a whole bunch of the henchmen, but. Lex Luthor is introduced as, quote-unquote, the most striking of the three. So here we go. Okay. The most striking of the three is a man in his late 80s. He is totally bald. 30s. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's he's decrepit as fuck. Okay, take two. The most striking of the three is a man in his late 30s. He is totally bald. His taste in clothing runs black. Runs to black. Oh my god. His taste in clothing runs to black. This is a brilliant man, but one whose mind and character have been so warped that all his energy and intelligence is applied to evil and or antisocial schemes. (laughs) Even more evil. (laughs) He is a scientific genius who uses all his expertise to further his insatiable appetite for land and most evil is all, real estate. As a personality, he could give 10 psychiatrists five years work a genuine case of rampant pathological aberration that manifests itself in a changeability that is so marked as to go beyond the term mercurial. He is one minute charming, sweet, paternal with his underlings. The next minute he can give and often does become savage. Cutting, sadistic, caustic. He keeps everyone around him in a perpetual state of nerves because they never know whether they will be kissed or kicked from one minute to the next. There is in him, as well, a genuine sense of humor, though invariably warped, and a great streak of self pity <gasps> that causes him to wallow to anguish from time to time. His own nervous habits are equally peculiar, i.e., he eats Kleenex nervous. <laughs> he eats Kleenex? Yes. <laughs> he eats Kleenex nervously, chewing on it to calm himself. The man is an inner the man is an energy center and a neurotic dictator, and in his own way, a compelling personality. There ought to be a sense of delight in him as well. This is the greatest criminal on the fucking planet. And his name is Lex motherfucking Luthor. Thank you. One frame in the movie. <laughs> One, two seconds. Walks two into seconds frame. in the movie. Walks into frame. Walks into frame. So, okay. First off, he's supposed to be bald, like in the comics. Right, uh, right. He wears all black, very different from Gene Hackman. He eats Kleenex. Eats Kleenex. Throughout the entire thing, as well. This who, is not the first thing. What? Who, who thought of that? Benton Newman. I'm pretty sure this is not Mario Puzo. He must be on that Donner weed. <laughs> <laughs> he's walking around in a robe, smoking a bunch of ganja. So, obviously, that version didn't make it, but we're going to be dealing with this version of Lex Luthor throughout the rest of... Uh, this and Superman 2 because remember they Benton Newman uh, Benton and Newman wrote the Superman 2 draft okay as well as one movie so oh, okay so that wasn't Puzo uh, I don't think this is Puzo coming out with the Kleenex Puzo do the first like first draft I'm missing the he timeline. did the first draft but and then so Benton Newman what we're doing now is based on his is based off his so it's possible yeah. it's in the Puzo draft but I okay. doubt it okay it just doesn't seem like him I was like you know what would be fun Having this loop or eat a bunch of Kleenex. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> no, I don't What I don't is really, that all about? I don't really think so. so, yeah. What the fuck? Please, somebody comment. What is going on with that? Yeah, please please fill us in on that. 
<laughs> the thumbnail should be Lex Luthor with like Kleenex in his yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a plate. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but instead, we got the Gene Hackman version of Lex Luthor. So I guess uh, this is sort of leads into interesting discussion in terms of what are your thoughts on the Gene Hackman version of Lex? Um, I wish he was bald more. I know he takes his oh, toupee yeah. off mm-hmm. um, at the end. But, um, yeah, I mean, he it's a good representation in so far as he kind of talks down to everybody. He mm-hmm. thinks he's the number one in the room, uh, you know, especially um, intellectually. Uh, I think the characterization is good. And Hackman does a pretty good job for the movie overall. Right. Why? What do you, what do you think? Uh, I mean, a lot of people have sort of criticized this version of Lex a lot because of the fact that for whatever reason, the comic relief of this movie comes from the villains, which kind of makes yeah. the villains a little less threatening, even though Hackman's kind of the straight man His, to Otis and mostly Otis. Really. Otis is the lead henchman he's yeah. always fucking with. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, a, that's a little too much at times, <laughs> but it's uh, not <clears throat> movie ruining. It's not... I don't think it ruins the movie, but in terms of characterization for Lex Luthor, you know, it, it feels lacking because of that and the fact that he's not he's not bald you yeah, know like yeah. Hackman refused to shave his head for the yeah, role and yeah. they had to talk him even to do the skull cap yeah uh, he's right. wearing a skull cap at the end of the first one and into the second one when he's in the prison what I heard though probably from a YouTube mm-hmm. clip was that they change his hairstyle almost every they scene do. they do yeah. yeah to make it seem like he's he's got a fucked up toupee Every time, yeah, he's got a different wig each time, which was yeah. really that was Donner's idea. And okay, that that's good because that's it's just good. like, look, I want to honor the fact that he's bald in the comics. Yeah, uh, but he's not willing to do it, and he's Gene Hackman, so I can only do so much. I will say also, Ben, <clears throat> that he comes off as the most seventies looking. Oh yeah, his with suit, a, the suit that he wears when he gives the kryptonite to Superman. It's, yeah, it's not a. Fu- is it a full leisure suit? It's close to leisure suit. Uh, yeah, I guess so. He's leisure suit, it's leisure like, suit Lex. This is definitely not something that Lex today would be wearing. Yeah, I mean, they're all seventies, kind of. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still the, it's still seventy eight. They filmed it right, seventy six, seventy seven. Yeah, he's the most. He's the most. Mm-hmm. It's it's he, yeah. Lex Luthor in this movie kind of gives away the time period the mm-hmm. most. Yeah. To me, yeah. I know it's probably an odd comment, <laughs> but that's uh, why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> this this Lex was um, also like the stuff with real estate. You was know, that the new? Is that, was that new for that time? That's just for the movie. That's not in the comics at all. That seems like a weird thing. Like it makes him seem a little bit more like a business mogul than like a mad scientist, which is what the Lex was at the time. He wasn't I like him being a scientist man. more. The real estate thing's yeah. so weird to me. Yeah, but this is kind of start of the whole real estate thing that we got carried over into Superman Returns. You know what? They're not making more of land. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Lex Luthor did have hair in his first appearances, however. Right, I've was, heard about uh, that. <coughs> it was only uh, afterwards when there was an artist's mistake that <coughs> excuse me, that he had a bald look. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. I so, think I've heard of that. Uh, but still, like to me, uh, Lex with hair is kind of like Joker without the green hair. It's just right. something's missing right. in that. So, right. It's supposed to be... Yeah. I know this is kind of... Th- thought of like probably by act well it was an accident like you said but mm-hmm. it started the thing is it that look catches on with comic fans for some reason in the in the zeitgeist in the collective unconscious if you will ben mm-hmm. yeah. and um it's like look maybe it's bullshit but i kind of i kind of like talking about this stuff the visual representation of 
the non-perfection of man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Thematically, it works. Uh, as soon as you see him, is a guy that has everything. He's rich. He's smart. Whatever. Right. He's in a lot of iterations. He's as built. He's pretty built right. too. Not in this version, but yeah. Not in this version, but yeah. So like, he's close to Superman in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, but it's. I think it's especially comics, visual medium. It's a visual cue right. that. I mean, no offense to anybody bald out there, but you know, like, how do I say this? How do I? Maybe I should backtrack. You, you dug the grave. I'm just watching you dig. <laughs> <laughs> Does is is what I'm saying making sense whatsoever? Yes, to me at least. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just think there, there's a look. They put a lot of bullshit out there, and some things catch, some mm-hmm. things don't. I think the same thing happened with the Joker. A lot of fucking. Right. All of a sudden comic books are flying off the shelf because of this one fucking villain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Crazy Quilt wasn't doing it, but Joker was. <laughs> I don't know. In the timeline. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, whoever yeah. whoever was Superman was fighting before that didn't... It, I don't know. It just works over time and maybe that visual that visual probably mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yeah, I would think so. Unfortunately, which, that was not why it didn't carry over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, even... Jesse Eisenberg's one scene in Justice League where he's yeah. got the bald head in the suit. I was like, you know what? He's not bad. <laughs> that was the only time I was like, you know what? Yeah. He's not bad. Simply yeah. because he had the bald look. It's just something about that yeah. that helps make it more Lex. That guy, um, oh God, what's his name? He used to make uh, Superman um, commentary videos. Max Landis. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen those videos? Yeah. Supposedly, again, I don't know for sure, but the rumor was he was basing... Eisenberg was basing his Lex Luthor on, yeah. on the YouTube videos of <laughs> Max Landis. And I got to say, he did have a point. He does seem to love Superman. I give him that. Mm-hmm. But there was... Actually, let's move on from that, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on from that. Is American Alien, I like that, too. I did read that. You yeah, read that could, shit? Yeah, I did. I yeah, did. yeah, it was good. It's got Batman in it, too. Yeah, So yeah. I forgot good. about that, but yes. Uh, let's see. Gene Hackman also had a mustache during this time and he was refusing to touch that too this is almost Cesar Romero well, you're not Cesar Romero yeah, yeah exactly and Donner had to talk with him and they were on set and Hackman was there to show up for shoot and Donner's like you gotta shave your mustache and Hackman's like I don't want to shave my mustache it's the 70s to. and this stash is getting me laid <laughs> <laughs> so Richard Donner's like okay how, how about this you shave your mustache and I'll shave my mustache how about that Oh, Donner had one yeah, too. Yeah, he had one too. Oh, yeah. And Hackman's like, okay. okay, sure. So he goes and he shaves it off, and he goes back on set, and he's in the costume. And yeah. He shows up, and Richard Donner's doing the shoot, and he's like, "Well, well, Dick," he says to Donner, he's like, yeah. "You should shave your mustache too." And Donner's like, "Oh yeah, that's right." And he peels the mustache that makeup had given to him just so <laughs> that he could pull this on Hackman. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it goes to show you that to make it in Hollywood, especially at that time, you have to fucking manipulate people. He's manipulating Marlon Brando. He's manipulating fucking Gene Hackman. But we would have gotten a worse movie if he hadn't done that. Oh, Jor-El yeah. would have been a green bagel or a green suitcase or a yeah, bagel. And Lex yeah. Luthor would have had a mustache on top of hair. So, it, the fuck, thank man. God, Richard Donner. Yeah, Donner at least got us that far. That's good. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> so, Hackman comments on this. You know, he, Jesus. He gives the story on, the, on one of the featurettes. But, yeah. <sighs> Amazing, man. Amazing. Um. There were originally supposed to be three members of his gang. In the movie, it's two. It's Otis and Miss Tessmacher. Okay. Uh, there was supposed to be a third member named Albert, who was supposed to be Lex's personal architect and aid in like engineering and planning, and it was also heavily implied that he was a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, how political are we going to get in this episode, Ben? <laughs> just saying what happened. We just in had the an script. election. <laughs> just saying what happened in the script. Yeah, I got you. Um, Lex also has a constant nervous twitch where he keeps saying, "You know, does I hate Superman?" Hack- you was know, was that Hackman's thing? No, no, no. That's just in the Benton Newman script. It's oh, okay. not. It's not in the Mankiewicz version at all. Mankiewicz that was just <laughs> did away with him that. carving his own thing. Yeah, but okay. Either Benton or Newman came up with that. I don't know. Uh, I have a friend from high school whose dad would had some nervous tick where he said, "You know it." After every almost everything, it was yeah, it exists, but not for Lex Luthor. <laughs> he keeps saying, "You know," as in like, "I hate Superman." You know, I got the kryptonite. You know, and then he gets driven nuts when uh, Albert or Otis is just like, "Yeah, I know." He's like, "Stop saying you know when I say you know. I know you know." He says. So. <laughs> Uh, so that's it's like uh, when people say I'm not gonna lie. It's <laughs> like, look, if you didn't say you're not gonna lie, I don't know if you're lying or not. <laughs> uh, let's see. Albert shows. Albert has done this whole set of miniatures of California. This is sort of foreshadowing the earthquake stuff that's gonna happen. Later. Oh yeah. Uh, and it includes a tiny little taco stand that says Poncho's Taco Palace uh, <laughs> on there. And we'll end up meeting those much later. Uh, you'll have to wait to part five for that to pay off. Holy shit! Uh, um, but Lex is uh, obviously using this miniature to map out his plan the earthquake okay uh and this kind of feels like the precursor to superman returns because in superman returns there was like this giant room of miniatures that he tests the uh, crystal on and it destroys all of it oh right uh, i saw that twice in the theater yeah. and i haven't seen it since then and you forgot everything since almost everything <laughs> remember he gets stabbed by kryptonite he does, and then yeah. picks up a fucking island of kryptonite yeah he does <sighs> all right let's move we'll on cover ben. that <laughs> the superman returns deep dive for everybody. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the sigh should say it all, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Lex it mentions his father in the movie as well as in the original scripts. He talks about how, uh, you know, you remember what my father used to say to me? And Miss Tessmacher's like, get out. And Lex is like, ha ha, before that. <laughs> 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 um, in the script, he's actually identified as Arnold Buster Luthor, the most inept check forger of all time. Arnold of his Buster Luthor. Luthor is... Lex's dad's name in the scripts. This was cut, however, from the movie. Okay. Uh, interestingly enough, this uh, is not the first time Lex's dad has been brought up in canon or whatever. He's, it, originally in the comics, his father's name was Jules Luthor. Okay. Uh, and Jules Luthor disowned Lex because of his criminal activities. He's got to be a bastard. Moved the family and Oh, no, he's his, a good guy then. If he d- d- yeah, yeah, no, the, the, okay. basically the idea was like Lex was the bad apple. Of okay. The entire Luthor family. Yeah, because he thinks he's yeah. too big for his britches. Right. It's, it's ego. It's narcissism, yeah. y'all. And then Jules moves himself and the family and Lex's sister. Okay. Uh, and changes their name to Thorol, T H O R U L. So basically, okay. uh, Luthor, but you took the Lou and you put it at the end. Ah. Uh, so by the way, it. Thor is public domain because it's real mi- mythology. <laughs> DC could could make their could own Thor, Thor line. Yeah. There could be a Thor oh, well. from DC. Obviously, the most famous version of Lex's dad was Lionel Luthor in Smallville, as played by John Glover. Oh yeah, and that one yeah. was kind of pretty much like already like who Lex would become as his dad. As far him. as Luthors are ranked, yeah, that guy in Smallville is like top, one of the top. Oh, in terms of best Lexes, yeah, yeah, I would say Rosenbaum is up there. I'd say Rosenbaum and John Cryer are probably okay. the the best ones. John Cryer, like Rosenbaum, he's the animated one, right? No, he's he's live action in Supergirl. Oh yeah, and he's got Sorry. The, he's got the yeah. Lexo suit and everything. Oh and, shit! Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. He even has his own Otis and Miss Tessmacher, but they updated them to be more modern okay. uh, on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Rosenbaum spent most of the seasons in this descent from good guy to bad guy, 
and we never really saw him like go up against Superman so much. So, but I mean, he was fantastic in it. Okay, I'm saying they're playing different versions. So, like Rosenbaum is like very much like the Lex Luthor in the beginning of his career, right. whereas John Cryer is playing pretty much like the established Lex Luthor who's been in prison okay. and stuff like that. So, different takes, but I think they're both fantastic. Okay, uh, let's see. In the three-hour version, there are Luthor's babies. He says to Otis, "Feed the babies." I don't know if you've seen this. They're uh, what dogs? No, well, it's not revealed in in the actual movie. So if you oh. see the three hour version, he says, "Otis, feed the babies." And Otis is like, "I don't want to do it, Mister Luthor." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Harley Quinn's hyenas? Oh, she's not around yet. <laughs> she's not around yet. No. So Otis opens up this one door, and um, you just hear the sounds of what it could be alligators, it could be dogs, or whatever. And he brings down this carcass of meat, and then if, and when he brings it back up, it's a bunch of bones. Uh, God, all that. I remember that? Okay. It's in the three hour version. So if you haven't seen that, I version, saw I saw it. I think, but Jesus. It's done. I'm not one of those yeah. guys that like, you know, some people can watch a movie once right. and then remember every fucking little thing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people like that. Maybe right. you're like that. I don't actually know. <laughs> but uh, but I'm just not. I forget fucking all kinds of shit. Mm. So so you might, it might have been in that version. It might not have been. Uh, but in the script, in the Benton Newman script, it was actually going to reveal who the babies were. Okay. <clears throat> so it was described as baby alligators. uh and albino, yeah, giant albino alligators, as well as enormous turtles with American flags and mottos on their backs. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <coughs> and then giant swimming rats, snakes, eels, and God knows what else. And sharks then, with laser beams on their head? Sharks with freaking laser beams on their head, yeah. Uh, and then Lex, uh, is, shit, Lex does the whole baby pet talk, you know, that you do for the pets. You're just oh, like, oh, yeah. you're the cutest thing. Yes, you are. But he does yeah. that to uh, the albino alligator. Okay. Whose name is Simba, funny enough. Weird. Decades okay. before Lion King. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So all of this, needless to say, was cut. Uh, from Seems like a waste of time. <laughs> um, let's see. There's not much to go into with Otis. He's still an idiot in all versions of this. Ned Beatty right. does a great job at playing an idiot in this. Yeah. Because you know he can play a menacing character if he right. wants to, if you've seen Network. Miss um, Tessmarker was originally supposed to be a bigger star. Okay. They were originally going to go for Anne Margaret or Goldie Hawn for the role. Okay. Uh, but the Southlines were not willing to pay either <laughs> actress the amount that they wanted. So they had to go with We already own. got one broad in this picture. <laughs> so they was Margot Kidder. They had to go with uh, Valerie Perrine, who, uh, and this is her most famous role. Okay. Is Miss Tessmacher in this. Uh, in Mankiewicz's script, Miss Tessmacher asks, Why do so many people have to die? And Lex does the whole, like, Why? Why does the phone always ring when you're sitting in the bathtub? That type of stuff. In the original script, he says <laughs> he's more. He's so smart, y'all. Yeah. In the original script, he says more, where he's like, why do restaurants call animal intestine sweetbreads? Why would the most brilliantly diabolical leader of all time surround himself with total incompetence? Why, in fact, does the chicken cross the road? Is and that leader Hitler he's talking about? He's talking about himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just thinking, maybe he thinks Hitler's the best or something. No, no, he's talking about himself. The Nazi thing's in my head now, There's ben. no... <laughs> He's only hired a Nazi. He's not a Nazi himself. <laughs> if you he's, hire a Nazi, he's a <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> You're not it's always just, guilty by association, but... <laughs> he might be sympathetic. If there's, he any, Nazi, it, if there's any Nazi in your pool, your sphere of fl- it, friends... It's not his place to say. <laughs> yeah. And, I don't know. I just don't know. So I Lex, just don't know, Lex ben. throws in, why does the chicken cross the road? And Otis proudly says, like, to get to the other side... And Luthor just stares at him. And Otis is like, I'm wrong again, aren't I, Mr. Luthor? And Lex is like, no, Otis, as a matter of fact, I stuck that last one in, especially for you. So okay. this is the humor that we get in the Benton Newman draft. 
nice 10 pages of Lex Luthor and his henchmen where he's eating Kleenex and feeding albino alligators and talking sweet well, baby talk with it's them. it's not great looking back, but you got to remember the writing process. This movie's not made yet. And, I mean, to tell me what your writing process, sometimes right. you write a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I agree. And let it come, like, all out, and then you edit after that. However, I'm not adapting, I'm not in charge of adapting uh, at this point, let's see, uh, basically 40 years of comics <laughs> right. that have already been established where there's plenty of comics to go off of for Lex Luthor. So you could have, you probably could have uh, just drawn off of that. Trimmed the fat more. Yeah, or gone more off of what was in the comics. There's nothing really, there's nothing in the comics where Lex is eating Kleenex or has Otis or Miss Tess right. Locker or that hires is true. a Nazi that is true. or that any is of true. those things. It's just all, for whatever reason, they decided, let's stay true to everything else in the mythos, but then make our own shit up with Lex and make it make that funny. Right. I don't know where the mentality comes from that, but that's what it is. They wanted a comic relief, probably, because you can't make Superman too funny himself. Lois Wayne's not inherently true, too I mean, funny. but I mean, like, Jimmy Olsen, maybe? Like, somebody who's also... Olsen would have been a good pick, probably. You know, you don't make it the villains. The villains are supposed to be threatening. Right. So That is true. That, that is true. That's my principle. So, to me, like, Gene Hackman is giving a great performance in this, but he's just... He's somebody named Lex. He has some of Lex's, some of Lex's attributes, but I just—it's uh, difficult for me to be like, oh yeah, that's Lex Luthor. That's true. For me personally, it's not the yeah. best, but yeah. you know, it's still one of the best movies, you know, superhero movies ever. So. Of course, of course. So when so, we get yeah. back from the break, we will dive into what happens with the other characters who aren't Kleenex eating Lex Luthor and his Nazi sympathizing Beppo. cohorts. <laughs> Beppo's in it. Beppo's coming. Beppo's coming up. Part two. <laughs> Hello, Gav. It's nice to be here in the Batcave again. Hello, Superman. To be honest, Clark, I thought you sound a little different. Well, the name's not Clark, it's Colin. But yes, as my ship landed in jolly old England. Right, jolly old England. So, anyway, I had a question for you. Your glasses, when you're Colin, what are they made out of? They seem to be indestructible. Well, bros, you, nothing gets by you. These are not your normal glasses, you see. They are, they were made from special glass from the spaceship when I was a baby. Again, that landed in England. Right, right, I think I can kind of tell it landed in England. I was just wondering because of the fact that, can't you just take your glasses off when you're trying to do heat vision? Like, why do you need to wear the glasses that are indestructible? Well, British society, Bruce, as you know, maybe as a, as a new American royalty, as some of the tabloids like to call you, we like to keep a stiff upper lip and not cause too much trouble, you see? And uh, even the act of taking off my glasses without anyone even seeing powers at all would upset some, some around me. Okay, so your lenses are indestructible. That is correct, Bruce. So, how did you turn the windshield of your spaceship into glasses? They're indestructible to my heat vision, but they are destructible to kryptonite beams. Kryptonite... wait, what kryptonite beams? I Don't kryptonite. worry about that, Bruce. I, I've said too much. Let me just log this into weaknesses in your file on the back computer real quick. And then what if I were to... Colin, you destroyed my hard drive. Do you have any idea how much that cost? Well, Bruce, I'm sure you could cover it. You broke it, you buy it. Cheers, mate. God damn it. 
All right, everybody, if you like that little preview to the sketch right there, we have that plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. Well, 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 I should have known you'd end up here with your dear old Uncle Joker deep inside you. Inside of your ears, that is. (laughs) Get your mind out of the gutter. Are you sure you're even still listening to superhero stuff you should know at this point? Or is it all inside of your head? Well, either way, you've got to be crazy to keep listening to this drivel. <laughs> and we're back, y'all. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so that was enough of Lex Luthor for this episode, but uh, we're diving into the second half where we go into Clark and the debut of Superman. And there's no Kleenex eating. There's no Kleenex eating in this part. Okay. You guys will have to tune into the next episode for more Kleenex eating. If you want that. <laughs> it was on that Donner chronic. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Clark and Lois have their scene at the Daily Planet where Clark is like trying to ask Lois out Okay. Uh, in this next part of the movie. Oh, gee whiz, Lois. Yeah, and Makowitz has Clark actually warn Lois against smoking. He's like, you know, oh, gee whiz, that thing's going to kill your lungs. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Lois actually ignores him at this point. And that's sort of right. what happens later because Superman's going to tell her, like, you know, you really shouldn't smoke, Miss Lane. And then right. she actually listens to him <laughs> right. when he's Superman. Ah, poor Clark. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, Lois is on her way to go up to the helicopter uh, in all versions of this draft. So... This is where Superman's debut is going to be, is where he saves Lois in the helicopter. Okay. Um, this sequence was originally supposed to be shot at the Pan Am building, which is now okay. the MetLife building. However, there was a, hel- a real-life helicopter accident that happened on that rooftop that killed three people. Oh, shit. So they're like, we probably shouldn't also film a helicopter accident on this That's building. That's nuts. <laughs> so... That That's some Simpsons <clears throat> predicting yeah. reality kind of yeah, shit going yeah. on there. So Donna was like, no way. And so they moved it to, I believe, the top of the U.S. Post Office building. It would be bad juju. Yeah, it was. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptical person, but mm-hmm. it, it could, you know, that kind of thing uh, could change how the, the vibe on set. Yeah. Yeah, the vibe on set for sure. So in the Benton Newman draft, it's just strong winds that cause this helicopter to go haywire. As opposed to in the Mankiewicz draft, where it's like one of the cables that gets caught among the uh, on the bottom of the helicopter that makes it not be able to take off. Okay. Uh, so down below, Clark sees Lois, and he springs into action, and yeah. he decides, I gotta change into Superman. So in the Benton Newman draft, he sees a phone booth, and he opens the phone booth only to see an old lady in it, who's just like, get your own phone booth. <laughs> so uh, Now, say, kids, <laughs> phone booths are these... <laughs> Booths in cities that you could, there was a telephone, and you didn't always have a phone on you at that time. Mm-hmm. And you had to put a quarter in, mm-hmm. generally, or maybe two, to make a phone call. Maybe, yeah. Or and, more, depending uh, on how much time you were going to spend on it. Yeah, maybe even more. So, there you go. There's your lesson. Yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> in the, I think they basically wanted to say, like, you think you're going to get the telephone booth uh, short rip? You're, it's not going to happen this time. 
Um, yeah, I don't like it when they do that. Just fucking go they, into they it. They did a. They made a compromise because in the movie he sees yeah. it, but like it's it it's not one of those ones you go into. It's just literally just the half open, the modern day one at that time. Also, phone booths when it was created were private. Mm-hmm. I believe they weren't like full glass you could see through. Right. So there was so that helped. Yeah, he could change more. It made more sense when they yeah. made that idea. Yeah, but now, well, now is in 1978. Yeah. It, not so they much. were already clear. They were already clear and also weren't like a full thing that you would go into. It was all yeah. open air. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The movie. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, he races down an alley to change uh, in the Benton Newman script. And in the yeah. movie, he goes through that revolving door to, uh, right. to change. Of right, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was cool. And then he. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. He, so he shows up as Superman, and that's where that black guy says that that's a bad outfit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sees yeah. him. And apparently, he was going to have more lines too, where he tries to call after Superman to ask who his tailor was. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah. They cut him though. They cut that, you know. He said probably him, for the better. Yeah. He said the lines. I though? have no idea. Oh, okay. I know. It's, okay. it's in the script. They probably did play around with that though. I could imagine. Probably, uh, yeah. but they did try to do a joke where people see Superman flying up to the helicopter and do the whole like, "Look, it's a bird." No, it's a plane. And then someone else is right. like, "Well, pff, damned if I know what it is." Oh, so, really? Yeah. They were already trying to mess with it at that They're, point. They were. Yeah. They were okay. trying to go off of that because I think they were. Funny enough, this is like the original superhero movie in a way, but they also were still trying to flip the known Superman cliche. Modernize so that's why it. we got that's why we didn't get the phone booth changed. That's yeah. why we didn't really get the it's a bird, it's a plane. Uh, and then later on you'll find out that they do try to do the whole faster than the speeding bullet thing as well. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's in it. Uh, but instead what we got was pretty straightforward. Superman flies up, catches Lois, and we got that whole classic bit where, you know, He's like, I got you. And she's like, you got me. Who's got you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Referenced that's throughout. a good line. Um, but funny enough, Lois does not actually fall in the Benton Newman draft. She's just dangling from it. And then Superman oh. flies up and just brings them back up onto the roof. Uh, huh. Mankiewicz ups the stakes by having just the helicopter and Lois fall at the same time. And then Superman okay. catches both. And then it was an idea from Donner who's like, what if she falls first, he catches her, and then the helicopter comes? That's probably e- easier to deal with, too, too, probably. Yeah. You know, if it's at the same time, that's... I mean, it can be done, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah... It, it, breaking in the steps, probably, for the best. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not originally in the script that way, but the idea of making it double yeah. jeopardy was pretty inspired at that time. Okay. Uh, let's see. And uh, Benton Newman's script, Superman actually has a different attitude towards flying. So in the Mankiewicz draft... And in the movie, he lands her, and he's like, you know, statistically, flying is still the safest way to travel. <laughs> in the still true today. <laughs> but, Even though it makes me nervous. Are you afraid to fly at all? Um, Not really. Sometimes I worry about a crash, you know? Oh, man, dude. For some reason, I have an irrational fear, and it's just started in the last, like, five years or so. Jeez. Uh, I used to fly just fine, but I, I, I don't know. I know, it's the, I know it's the safest way to fly mm-hmm. I mean way to travel but it's it's still like just nerve-wracking to me and there was one time where we flew from Burbank to Portland and on the way up on the ascent we had turbulence so it's like going up poof, like that there was just something about that that okay. really really threw me off I was like oh god we're gonna die jeez uh well <clears throat> Superman in the Benton Newman draft may have had the same attitude towards flying. And watch yourself from now on with those things, okay? I mean, if the good Lord wanted people to fly, he would have given them wings. 
And then, he, <laughs> and then he goes off and flies. <laughs> so I guess I'm waspy make, as hell. <laughs> they're trying to make him more ironic, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, Make-A-Wish yeah. was just like, eh, let's not do that. It's all also <laughs> like we don't want. I I like they cut that line because <clears throat> people already like want to claim Superman in the like evangelical crowd too much. Yeah, that's and it's true. not really the original intention. Yeah, no. I mean, God, he is from Kansas and the country and all that. Maybe it's not totally out of character, mm-hmm. but. If we could avoid it, we might be best. <laughs> exactly. uh, and then they would hear Superman would hear that Perry White was about to show up, and he's like, "What the yeah. hell is going on up there?" Yeah. And Superman's like, "It's time to go. That's my yeah. boss." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, he would yeah. take off. Yeah. Uh, so that was the original way that uh, Superman was going to save the day. Right. In the Benton Newman draft. Right. Um, I do wonder if there was some inspiration from the George Reeves show because in the pilot he has to save a dude who's dangling from a zeppelin. Oh, okay. So that's another influence potentially of the George Reeves show, which, as we covered last time, was the first time that Jonathan Kent died of a heart attack. Right. Back when he was Eben Kent. Right. So uh, that's interesting. There is uh, one little funny tidbit we got to cover because now Superman has shown up in costume. And that's okay. where the Salkines were really concerned about uh, what Superman's package was going to look like on screen. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta give him a big dick. Yeah, Salkine, super dick. According to Margot Kidder, uh, the Salkine said, quote, Margot Kidder was like, <laughs> we gotta give him the biggest one possible. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Well, she said, according to Salkines, they said, quote, either he has a big one or he has nothing. So, <laughs> either he's got a big dick or he's got nothing at all. Uh, so, Bob Kang, you agree with me, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to have 10-plus broads and 10-inch dicks in this picture. <laughs> so, uh, according to Margo Kidder... I love that this is a conversation <laughs> that they had, though, because, look, he had the he had the briefs at the time, yeah. and they've got to accentuate that shit. Exactly. So they did give a cod piece to Christopher Reeve. They did, okay. They did, and Margo Kidder apparently would like joke around and play around with it all the time. What, with it on him? With it on him. Yeah. Wow. God, dude. Chris Reed probably had to have, um, you know, uh, super strength and the <laughs> will, <laughs> will to keep his compo- composure. Oh, apparent. Apparently, he was so in character that that was always a a, a point of contention between him and Margot. Lois, would yeah. you please stop grabbing my dick? <laughs> like he would always be trying to be Superman and staying in character. Yeah. And she was just like, if the camera is off, I don't give a shit. Oh yeah, like I'm yeah. being Margot Kidder on my yeah. break, so that's where there was a divide. Uh, Interesting. A uh, she grabbed the cod piece, though. Man. She grabbed the. She, according to her, she played around with the cod piece. So wow, that's fun. Um, okay, the Benton Newman draft then has an extremely long sequence of uh, Superman's I, again, first. Again, we we I can't we can't let this slide. Six foot four, Chris Reeve, <laughs> gotta be packing. You know what I'm saying? Already, we already know that. So we don't even. Harley doesn't even need a cod piece. Need a cod piece yeah. He's got one of those uh, Burt Ward dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic League is already on the case. <laughs> Strangely, didn't go after him on this one. Uh, so know. over here, Ben Newman has a full-on sequence that goes into many pages of Superman's first night out. Okay. And we're going to go into what happens in that because it's it's basically twice as long as what's in the movie. Um, okay. So they do have an interesting character bit where uh, Superman is like, all right, I saved the day, and he's about to go change into being Clark Kent when he sees the burglar who's going up and down the building with the uh, suction cups. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then he sort of surprises him by uh, the burglar's going up, and then he sees just Superman just strolling 
next to him down the building <laughs> in the in the script, not in the movie. Kind of like Spider-Man style. Yeah, yeah. and the guy's yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, so in the movie, it's just he, he goes, he just climbs his way up and he gets to okay. Superman's foot. Uh, but that's how it's written in the original draft, at okay. least in the Benton Newman draft. Uh, this burglar is played by actor David Baxt, and this is important because Baxt is the first cr- plays the first criminal basically who Superman stops in right. uh, Superman seventy eight. But then he would go on to play a very important role in Batman eighty nine. Oh shit! David Baxt was the first actor to play Thomas Wayne. Oh really? Yeah, he plays wow. Thomas Wayne in the flashback where he gets killed by the young Holy Joker. Holy shit! So. David Bax gets to be the main, the only actor I think who's in both Superman seventy eight and Batman eighty nine. Interesting, in important roles that are extremely minor, <laughs> but yeah, uh, still yeah. cool though. Yeah, claim so, to fame. And he doesn't. Oh yeah. God, there's a what ten year, eleven year uh, span yeah, between yeah. that. And I don't think it was deliberate because I don't think like you know who would be good as Thomas Wayne, the one dude from that one scene from Superman seventy eight yeah. that nobody talks about. <laughs> like, I, used I don't to, think they thought that. You used to see these suction cup things a lot in cartoons and mm-hmm. shit. I used to want those, man. Like, I wanted to climb up Batman used glass. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? That's something he would have. The 39 one, yeah. The 1939 yeah, right? one had that, yeah. I want to try those out. Let's, <laughs> let's buy some. Although, if you fell, it would suck ass. That would be the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have one of those. We would, we would both be like, sorry, we're, we're doing the podcast from the hospital. Those rock climbing, <laughs> bold, those bouldering like pads, but like yep. way bigger. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Superman stops the burglar and he feels like exhilarated by this quote unquote, literally high when he's up in the, up in the air. So he stopped a crime uh, because he stopped a crime. He excited, sort of does this loop in the air and this crowd below like cheers after him. And he's like shocked that people saw him. Okay. Um, and he kind of becomes a little shy due to the quote unquote, the Kent training and sort of uh-huh. flies off abruptly. So it's interesting because it's like he's giving, it's a private character moment that becomes public and he realizes like, oh, people can see me now. Okay. People know yeah. what I am. There's no right. hiding anymore. Uh, so that's cool. Any kind of super shit he did before, he did it so fast no one could see. Just like with, in the alley with yeah. the mother in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Superman decides to land into an alley to sort of steal his emotions and get his bearings and that's when right. he sees another crime in progress where a bunch of thugs are stealing like TVs and appliances and stuff. <laughs> okay. So he just happens start to show small, up. Start yeah. small. So Superman steps in, and one crook says, "Quote unquote, what kind of outfit is that? Your fruit." Uh, <laughs> does, not, does not um, <laughs> translate well to the modern era. <laughs> uh, again, he's supposed to be a bad guy, though. I know, I know, that's true. Uh, and this is when the guy tries to sneak up behind him with a crowbar and hit him, only for it okay. to reverberate and shake. Right, right, right. Um, and that's actually a similar moment in Action Comics number eight, where a criminal tries to do the same thing. Oh yeah, the that's thing cool. Just like breaks against him. Uh, so that might be what they are referencing. But there's a moment in here that is not in the Superman 78 where Superman, after they see this, he turns and it says, quote, quote, fist clench. He starts coming towards them and they all start cowering against the wall. Okay. And it shows the Superman intimidation factor. Oh, shit. Which is interesting because we don't really see a lot of that from the Christopher Reeve version of Superman. Speaking of the intimidation factor, you know that I think it was in, God, Birthright or something, that mm-hmm. scene in which Superman um, shoots a gun at him, and he's like, I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine. And (laughs) then he shoots it, and then he, you know, the guy freaks. He thinks he's going to be shot to death, and he catches it with super speed. I thought that that guy created that, but that was actually a callback to something in the 50s or something. Did George Reeves do that? No, but in 50s comics. Oh, in comics. It was like 50s, 60s. It was something. It was earlier. The art style looked earlier. We need to see that more often, honestly. Yeah, that that (laughs) was. that's a really cool... (laughs) It's drawn a lot better than the more modern version. Right, yeah. Like, it looks really cool, like, cinematic Mm -hmm. and shit. Yeah. 
But the idea itself is in some fucking older shit. I was like, damn, man, that was like one of the coolest parts. I, I just, I don't know. I wish it was I wish they more original. More. But yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. The intimidation thing yeah. is, could be done more often. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Superman goes into another, another alley where he passes by kids who are about to do graffiti. And so uh, they turn and heat visioned into the word into the wall is the words do not write on the walls, <laughs> except for me. Ironic, yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah. I'm the only one who should, huh? Um, and then he saves the cat out of the tree, which is what we got okay. in the movie. Okay. Um, and the girl in the Minkwitz draft, the girl cat criticizes the cat for getting caught, and Superman is like, "Don't be too hard on Frisky. We all get a little scared of heights now and Frisky. then." Frisky, <laughs> the most cliched cat name, right? In this. Um, and then Benton and Newman have another scene where there's a whole crowd of rich people looking up to see uh, Superman flying, and Otis is in the crowd, and he's taking advantage of everybody being in awe by like pickpocketing and okay. stealing purses and such. Um, so Superman's flying around, and then he witnesses a bunch of mobsters drag a guy out with cement shoes onto the pier and drop him <laughs> in, into the harbor. <laughs> this is all happening the same day, by the way. <laughs> Honestly, in 70s... Metropolis, which is basically New York. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Like, it makes... It's fine. So, Superman sees that's going on. He swoops down and uses his, his x-ray vision to figure out where this guy with the cement shoes is. Right. He goes and rescues him, but when he comes back up, he carries up, like, everything that people threw into the ocean. So, like, he, there's, like, an old boot, of an inner tube. There's, you like, should recycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of cool, I think, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's another aspect to what's going on. Right. So he rescues this guy and depollutes the you know the waters, and then he hears gunfire and he sees that there's a police chase going on, <laughs> and right. that's where he uh, basically chases after the robbers who are on the boat, which is in okay. the movie. That's okay. in the movie. Uh, and then Superman flies over to them. Obviously, we don't see him get hit by the crowbar again because that already happened. Right. In the Benton Newman draft. Right. But, right. Right. Uh, Make was just kind of combined the two sequences. Okay. Where, uh, it's here that he gets hit by the crowbar. Okay. In the movie, uh, we then go back to Otis, who's now walking around with his pockets full of loot, as he's been stealing from everybody. <laughs> and then he walks into an alley, only to see Superman at the end of the alley, and with quote unquote one finger pointing in the Uncle Sam wants you pose directly at Otis. It says, "And now you." And then he walks towards Otis, presumably to you know arrest him. Too. Intimidation again. Another intimidation. Thing, okay. Yeah. So that's cool. we don't get really any intimidation and. Not in that, this movie, in the final product, it's, at most it's him like pulling Lex Luthor up by the lapels. But even then, Gene Hackman's just like <laughs> whatever. Right. <laughs> like, right. I got right, crippled, right. man. Right. Um, so after this, we then go to a bunch of mobsters who are doing a drug deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, they put. This is a whole movie. <laughs> this is Ben and Newman's like Superman's first night out. Is Superman be begins right yeah. here. So they've got they're doing a major cocaine deal. The script says heroin, but I say cocaine because this involves white powder. Uh, and Superman uh, appears. This, again, I've actually never done heroin or seen it in yeah. person. I, mm-hmm. is, there might be a powder form there before. Might be a, there might be, but uh, I don't know. It's not, it is specified as heroin in the script. Heroin is so such a strong drug for this like movie. A, yeah. Another case, Superman appears and he goes into a tornado and all of the, the mobsters get covered in either cocaine or heroin at that point. <laughs> They're just covered in white. <laughs> They're just powder. covered in white at that point. Uh, and then that would like make it worse, wouldn't it? <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he takes care of them, and then he, he finally super breath <laughs> yeah. off of them. <laughs> he finally then goes after the mobsters who dumped the guy with the cement shoes. 
He finds their car, <laughs> and then he lifts up the back of the car so that they got nowhere to go. Right. And he drops it, and they immediately like just crash into a phone pole or something like that. Okay. Uh, Mankiewicz obviously did away with almost all of this. Okay. Made it simply okay. He rescues Lois, uh, then takes care of the burglar, takes okay. care of the shootout with the boat, rescues the cat, and then he goes off to save Air Force One. Now that's a Mankiewicz invention. Okay. Mankiewicz decided, let's up the stakes here. Let's have Lois on her way to meeting the president. Oh, shit. That's why she goes to get to the helicopter. Right, right, right. To get to the airport. And then have Superman save Air Force One. Okay. Which then has sparked this whole thing of Superman on his first night out, uh, basically rescuing a plane, which happens in a lot of adaptations. Right, 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 right. Uh, that happened in the first episode of Supergirl, too, didn't it? Yeah, it did, too. Yeah. yeah. So this a whole it just carries over. From Fleischer. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they got that from the comics before that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Mankiewicz was going to have a scene where Lois Lane shows up at that airport. Okay. Because uh, in the movie, it's just Superman rescues Air Force One, and then we just cut to the next day. Right. And that's it. And there's no, like, uh, papers about it or anything? They're not Well, there, there will news? be, but okay. in, in the script, we cover that uh, Lois shows up at the airport where Superman just lands Air Force One safely. And everyone, okay. nobody really knows who he is. And Lois tries to get Superman's attention where she's like, hey, remember me? I'm the girl on the roof. Right. But Superman already takes off because he's like, you know, off to stop God knows what other other crimes are happening right. in the city right now. Because right. I've already spent 20 pages on this. I just have my glasses off, too. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? I'm not really sure if they'll recognize me or not. Uh, but let's see. Let's see. Benton Newman then ends the whole sequence of Superman standing over the city with satisfaction on his face as the sun is about to rise and come up. And that is the end of his first night out. There's like, okay, this is a whole sequence, yeah. An entire is, sequence, I would estimate a good 10 to 15 pages. Just all on this. Just sounds all longer than 15 minutes, though. Right. Yeah, probably. But it, it could, I guess, montage but still, mm-hmm. though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's it seems like a huge detour, but I don't know. How do you feel about it? I think Mankiewicz did the right thing because it's yeah. just like after a certain point it's like okay I get it Superman's stopping all the crimes right <laughs> like this doesn't yeah. really have he kept it to just enough where you get the sense that Superman is uh, has found his calling that's the main right. point of this whole thing okay Superman finding his calling and right, if right, right. you just stretch that out too much then it just gets too bloated which is exactly what the Benton Newman script is that's why yeah, yeah. as we covered in part one when Donner read that script he was just like this is a fucking monster I gotta cut this right down. right right that's why I gotta call Mank and stuff <laughs> call Mank in order to, to do this so <laughs> let uh, me smoke a little bit more weed though <laughs> let me smoke some weed and then fly out in the <laughs> Superman costume he was, yeah he had the Superman costume <laughs> on but yeah that is Superman's debut and I think that is superhero stuff you should know <laughs> God damn. Super tutelage. <laughs> Thank you, Benetavius, once again yes. for this tutelage. No problem. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we have some fan comments that I'd like to respond to oh, before shit. we get into the shout outs. Uh, one is from a user named Camden. Uh, he was basically the corrections department on our part one episode where I talked about how John Wayne's son, Patrick Wayne, uh, may have auditioned to play Superman and that we may see a bit of his audition oh, in the featurettes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Camden has corrected that that wasn't actually Patrick Wayne. It was Don Voyne, the dentist you mentioned later. Basically, okay. uh, Don Voyne was the dentist for Ilya Salkine's wife 
who looked up at him and they were so desperate for Superman actors that they asked him to audition. Oh, even wow. Even though he wasn't really an actor. Right, right, right. Uh, so thank you, Camden, for that correction. Yeah, we have some knowledgeable fans we I've, do. I've yeah. found. Please keep, please keep them coming. Yes. Uh, I definitely want to make sure that this is as accurate as possible. Uh, on here. Let's see. Walter the Wobot is back again. He's back. Uh, controversial opinion here. He says, I actually preferred Stalker Channing's screen test uh, over Margot Kidd. Uh, yeah, I, I read this one. Yeah, keep going. So, yeah. Furthermore, I find Margot particularly annoying in the theatrical cut of Superman 2, but not in the Donner cut or any of the other sequels. So that's okay. interesting. Okay. I guess I could put that down to Lester's direction. P.S. Please include more of the wizard persona. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, he shall return. Uh, a lot of you guys are queuing us up for our Superman 2 deep dive, which will probably be coming next year because that is two movies and three scripts that we got to sort of research right. uh, on that. So please be patient, everybody. Uh, let's see. Eric Johnson has commented and said, quote, fantastic podcast on one of my favorite movies. Can't wait for part two. This is a comment on part one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one quick, quick correction. So another corrections department uh, is that Hackman actually refused to come back and shoot any new scenes with Lester for Superman 2. I could see that. Everything with him in the theatrical Superman 2 is Donner footage, except some Lester shots where he is a background extra in a wig with an impersonator doing voiceover, which oh, is yeah. very obvious in the theatrical version. I know okay. you haven't seen that, but yeah. if you check out the theatrical version, it's just so fucking... It's, it's so Right, obvious. right, right. Part of why it is hard for me to fully enjoy either Superman 2 100% is that it's neither fully Donner or fully Lester. There right. are many scenes that Donner simply did not shoot, and there are actors who didn't come back for Lester. So the Donner cut has to use Lester footage to fill the gaps, and Lester cut has to use Donner footage for anything like Luther or expensive scenes like the White House or super well-done ones like the diner. Make which the script for Superman 2 online is fantastic and would have been a great sequel if they could have come back after Superman the movie and shot a new ending. But that didn't happen, so we're left with a theatrical cut, which a lot of people have affection for, but in my opinion, feels like a cheaper, goofier Walmart brand soda version of what could have been outside of the Donner scenes. Yeah. Uh, read how Mankiewicz had the trio deal with the rural cops ruthlessly versus the, serious, the silly version of what Lester filmed. However, the Donner cut feels like 70% of a movie, a work print, some of the best stuff in either film, such as Brando scenes, but it also cuts the Niagara Falls, Fortress of Solitude scenes to a minimum compared to Mankiewicz's script because it ended up being Lester footage, so the film feels overly weighted in the direction of Luthor and the trio since Donner shot more of them. It has to make a Sophie's choice of using screen test footage of a good scene or use Lester's Clark trips on a bearskin rug. <laughs> which you'll find out what uh, that is. Right, right, um, right. It has an ending that ended up being used in one, so it just feels like a repeat and so on. I wish there was a best Superman 2 out there, but outside of maybe some fan edits that end the movie without a super kiss or turning back time, it doesn't exist. And what he was just talking about now, uh, full disclosure, I've only seen the Donner <laughs> cut of Superman 2. Mm -hmm. I have never seen the theatrical cut. I will be seeing that at some point soon. So well, after, because we're covering it. Disclosure to yeah. everybody out yeah. there. Uh, but yes, thank you, Mr. Johnson on that uh, very in-depth comment. Uh, yeah. We will be following up on a lot of that in Superman 2 because our coverage will be covering all the different changes between the Donner version and the Lester version and the scripts. There's three drafts out there online, so we're going to have to do a lot of reading uh, and sort of form our ultimate cut of Superman 2 with all of those There materials. really should be. Tobey Maguire should do that or something. You know how he does that with... Um, he did it with Star Wars and The Hobbit or something like that. That was Topher Grace. Topher Grace, I mean, yeah, not Tommy Maguire. The other Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man three actor. I didn't. I just found this out recently, but he did it for The Hobbit too. Because I'm not surprised. He yeah. had to do it because he felt bad of playing David Duke, the KKK guy in uh, that um, Spike Jones movie. Um, he felt this is just what I read, but he felt dirty playing that guy, and he had to 
as a way for self-therapy. This is how this guy works. Mm-hmm. For self-therapy, he had to uh, edit the Hobbit trilogy into something that he thought was better. <laughs> but anyway. Spike Lee, right? Spike Lee. Spike Lee, yeah. yes. Not okay. Spike Jones. Spike, yes. like, wait a minute. Spike <laughs> Lee. Spike Lee. I'm Got sorry. It. Okay. All right. Spike. I'm a Spike director's mixed up. But anyway, yeah, that That's was a good a, form of therapy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, but you should the, start editing Superman 2 then. Superman 2 yeah I would love to see that um, <laughs> I'm sure somebody that listens to this there could are, probably make it there are fan edits that I want to check out but oh yeah again okay. like, the prep for Superman 2 is going to be ridiculous I could see also how uh, Gene Hackman is attached to just Donner like uh, that, yeah. it, that happens even now like some actors people are just very um, I mean he does come back for Superman 4 he did. Well, yeah. Was his career kind of? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Not we'll good to, at that point. We'll, we'll have to look when we dive into that into that movie. But I actually Lex, didn't know that. I never Lex seen three back, or four at Lex all. Lex is back in Superman four with John Cryer as his cousin. Yeah, oh that, shit! Which is okay. why he was cast as Lex in Supergirl. I just heard they were so bad. I never saw him. Anyway, we're about to for this podcast. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure there's something we'd like. Anyway, <laughs> uh, any more comments? Uh, those are the main comments for this week. Okay. All righty. Um, any custom shout-outs other than that? Uh, those are the main ones. Okay, cool. All right. Anyway, uh, so thank you, Kookin Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Aaron Willett, Ian H, Dan D, Leomo, Super Inframan, and Douglas P. <laughs> Please join the Shasta Army. Uh, we have the $5 tier there. Most importantly, that is the tier in which you get the bonus feed, y'all. Uh, check that out. Uh, we have one every week. And it's $5 a month. Cancel that subscription anytime. Mm-hmm. It's not per episode. It's per month. So for $5, you get four episodes more than likely. Right. And there'll be deeper dives into what we discuss here on the main show. Yes. Exactly, Benatavius. Uh, and then please leave us a review in iTunes. And then after that, please use your phone recorder app. It's called Voice Recorder more than likely. Open that up. Record us a little something. Send that something to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. You, too, can be on this here show, at least orally. And then um, <laughs> please leave us a review on iTunes, as I said already. Uh, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. Please check us out on YouTube if you're not already. Superhero stuff you should know. Got the YouTube presence going on, y'all. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben. Uh, please follow us on Instagram as well at superhero stuff pod, as well as on Twitter at superhouse pod. And you can follow me on Instagram at Ben one writer if you want, or if you don't, then, you know, go fuck yourself. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, you don't. Really That's not the to. Superman spirit. Ben. <laughs> it's a Lex Luthor spirit. Uh, no, but wow. Okay. You, you can, you can follow Please follow us at superhero stuff, Pod. I actually do not care if you follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather you follow the podcast. One, I love to honestly, see these comments so <laughs> later on. <laughs> love it. So yes. Thank you very much. Krypton. <laughs>